Amen. You may be seated. So today is the beginning of 21 days of prayer, and uh, if you count it up, we're going to go from today, August 8th through the 29th, which actually is 22 days, but 21 sounds better. So 21 days of prayer it is. We actually start really tomorrow with our daily prayer emphasis, and today is really kind of the launch or the setup for our 21 days of prayer And I wanted to just take a minute before we get into the actual message today to just talk to you a little bit about kind of how 21 days of prayer is going to work. Uh, We have produced, along with the River and Brookhaven Wesleyan Church and our team here at Lakeview, we have produced daily prayer videos that will be available on our website and on our Facebook page Monday through Friday of every week for the next three weeks. And you'll be able to engage those at whatever time is best for you. So if you are a morning person, you can engage those prayer videos in the morning and you can do that during your morning prayer time. Some of you are going to want to pull away for a lunch break and you can uh, find our Facebook page at that time and you can watch those videos and engage in that time of prayer. Others of you are like, things happen before noon? Um, and, And you are like, I am a night person. That's perfectly fine. The videos will still be there for you when you're getting started about 11 o'clock at night. The videos will still be there and you can engage those prayer videos. I do want to make you aware of the fact, though, that we are actually during this season of 21 Days of Prayer, we're actually going to open our sanctuary at 630 in the morning uh, and we'll be here praying. Um, It will not be a service So this will not be like, we won't have like a worship team and someone up front guiding and directing every part of the service. We're just simply going to open our sanctuary, and if you feel led to come, you can come at 6.30 in the morning, and we will watch the prayer video for the day. We'll start the time with that right at 6.30, and then we're just going to have music playing in the sanctuary, and you can find a place to be seated and pray. You can pray at the altar, or if you're like me, uh, I'm a pacer. Not an Indiana Pacer. I talked about basketball last week. They wouldn't let me play in the NBA. Um, But I like to pace when I pray. And so I was telling a couple of you this morning that when I come in in the mornings, I spend about an hour in this room uh, during the week uh, in the mornings. Uh, It's the first thing I do. Well, the second thing, I get coffee first because caffeine helps prayer be better. So that's my experience. And so, uh, so I get my coffee and then I come here into this room and spend about an hour praying for you. And you guys are so kind because you sit in the same seats every week. Most of you do. And so I can walk around the sanctuary and when I'm in that spot, I just know to pray for you. It's like you're, there's just a sense that this is your space. And I can pray for you while I'm there. And, and I pray for our church and I pray for our community leaders. And uh, if you come at 6.30 in the morning, you might be like me. You might want to walk around the sanctuary. And I want to just tell you, that's perfectly fine. You can walk around the sanctuary. You can uh, walk through the lobby. If you want to go down in the kids' space, you can do that as well. We just want to cover this place in prayer over these next 21 days. And so 6.30 every morning, feel free to join us. We'll have music playing, and we're gonna have it playing just loud enough so that you can pray out loud and not worry about people overhearing what you're saying. 
Okay? Some of you are like, pray out loud. Yep, some of us like to do that. Okay? And, and if that's not you, that's fine. You can just sit quietly or kneel at the altar quietly. That's fine. But if you like to pray out loud, I find that if I don't pray out loud, I get distracted. I lose my train of thought, so I just pray out loud. It helps me. And, and we're going to have music playing just loud enough so that you can pray out loud without other people uh, being able to overhear what you're saying. So I want to make you aware of that. also want to let you know that on Saturdays, we do not have prayer videos that are going to post on Facebook or our website. We're actually going to be gathering in sanctuaries uh, this coming Saturday on the 14th. We'll be right here in this room, and people from the River and Brookhaven will be joining with us, and that will be a service. We'll start with a short time of worship led by our team. Uh, I'll be sharing just a short devotional that will kind of direct our prayers for the day. And then we're going to spend about 30 minutes praying. I remember as a kid, we used to go to a midweek prayer meeting, they called it. Except we didn't pray much. They just did like normal, like felt like Sunday. It was just like sing a lot. Then the guy would get up and teach. And then we would pray at the end and dismiss. Well, when we gather on Saturday mornings, it's not another service. We're going to have just a short time of worship, a very short time of devotion. Then we're going to spend about 30 minutes actually praying. And so we want to encourage you to do that. And then we'll conclude with a corporate time of prayer that will be led by someone on the platform. So we want to encourage you to make Saturday mornings a priority. And that's at 8 a.m. Some of you are thinking like sick... Is 6.30, is that a thing? And then 8, is that a thing on a Saturday? Yes, we are going to gather at 8 a.m. This Saturday here at Lakeview, the following Saturday, we will be at Brookhaven. And then the last Saturday of the 21 days of prayer, we will be at the river. And we'll keep you informed on that so that you can be aware of that. One more thing I want to say before we get into the message. I want to just uh, let you know of a little prayer tool uh, at, that you can use. This is not a tool that has been designed by our church, but there's actually a church in Birmingham, Alabama called Church of the Highlands, and they are the ones that have really kind of spearheaded this 21 Days of Prayer initiative. And so while we are doing this here in our community, there are literally thousands of churches across the United States that are doing 21 Days of Prayer just like we are. And I think that's a wonderful thing for the people of God across the United States to be engaged in 21 days of prayer. And so we're joining with them and thousands of other churches uh, in this 21 days of prayer. And they've created an app and it's called prayfirstapp.com. You can get to it on a web browser, but you can also download it directly onto your device. It has different prayer tools uh, that take scripture and allow you to, to pray the scriptures, which is a great way to pray, right? And so it helps you do that and it guides you through it. The first tool listed is uh, using the Lord's Prayer as a prayer guide, which is what we're gonna be doing throughout this series. But I wanna encourage you to engage that tool. There's a place where you can listen to some worship music as you're praying, if that's helpful for you, and you can do that right in the app. And so again, it's prayfirstapp.com, and we want to encourage you to engage with that. I mentioned that we're going to be walking through the Lord's Prayer, and we're doing that across the three congregations here at Lakeview, at the River, and at Brookhaven. 
Because the Lord's Prayer, the prayer of Jesus, is really a guide for our prayers. So in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, Jesus says, This then is how you should pray. In another one of the Gospels, this prayer is actually given in response to a question that the disciples asked. They would see Jesus go off to these places of prayer, and and as he would be praying, they would watch him pray and sometimes listen. And finally, one of the disciples says, Lord, Could you teach us how to pray? And in response, Jesus says, you should pray like this, or this is how you should pray. And then he gives them what we call the Lord's Prayer or the prayer of Jesus. So I want to just make it clear as we start this message series that these, this prayer, these words that we're going to be walking through over these weeks, they really do give to us a model for prayer, guidelines, di- directives, pray about these things, pray in this way, follow this outline as you pray. Now, some of us will recite these words word for word, and that's perfectly acceptable. You can do that. They're the words of Jesus after all, so you can certainly do that, but, but more than just giving us specific words words to say from memory, Jesus was actually laying out for us some very key important things to guide our prayer lives. And that's really what we're zeroing in during this series. And so today, uh, we're going to start working through the Lord's Prayer. And we're looking at verse 9, which is the kind of opening of this prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it says, this then is how you should pray. And then Jesus begins, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first words in the prayer of Jesus really teach us to look up. Right? When we come to the place of prayer, there is a temptation for us to start with all of our burdens and our cares and our concerns and the list of things that we would like God to do for us, which is why many of us come to a place of prayer. And it's perfectly acceptable to bring our burdens and our concerns and our cares, but, but we don't start with us in prayer. When we come to the place of prayer, if we're praying in the model or the guide that Jesus has given to us, we, we start by looking up. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And it's important for us to start by looking up because when we look up, we recognize who God is. And this creates the right environment for our prayer. Right? We look up and we begin to remind ourselves of this God that we are talking to, that we are communicating with, and we begin to recognize who he is and where he is and how powerful and mighty and awesome he is. And when that begins to happen, you know what happens to us? We get right-sized. I think if, if our world would just learn to, to do this one thing, to put God in his rightful place as our Father in heaven whose name should be hallowed and revered and respected. Just that one thing alone would fix so many issues in our world because here's what happens. We, we move God to the side or we just eliminate him from the picture altogether and then what we do is we take ourselves and we elevate ourselves. Because you will always have a God. You will always have a God. It might not be the God of the Bible. 
Might not be the God revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, but, but human beings will always, always, always have a God. And if it's not him, it'll be some other God you choose. Or if, if you can't find another God to put in that place, you'll just put yourself there. And I actually think this is what's happening all across our world right now. We have people who have put themselves in the place of God. And by positioning themselves there in the place of God, they make edicts and rulings for their own life. They decide what's right and what's wrong. And because they are God in their life, whatever they say goes. And so it's hard to say to someone, but that's wrong. Because they say, but I'm God. Now, most people don't actually use those words, although some do. People say, well, I'm God of my life. I get to decide what's right and what's wrong. And so then they just follow their own scriptures and do whatever they want to do with their life. And so it would be good for all of us in the world, but especially those of us who are Christians, to make sure that we, when we come to the place of prayer, are putting God in his rightful place. That's a great place for an amen. Can I get an amen? Somebody. We gotta put God in his rightful place. This is how Jesus starts the prayer. Recognize who God is and where he is and how wonderful and majestic and powerful and glorious he is. And when that happens, we find ourselves in the right place, which is not God. There's only one God and you aren't him. And we put ourselves in the rightful place underneath of God, not, not as the father, but as the child. Not as the person in authority, but as the person in submission. Not as the person who sets the trajectory, but the person who aligns with the trajectory that has been set. See, you put yourself in the rightful place underneath of God when you start by recognizing who God is. And Jesus says, when you pray, pray this way so that you put God in his rightful place and then you fall into line where you belong. Now, Jesus is very uh, insightful and instructing in the way he puts these words together. And there are things that we can learn. I want to just unpack them for a couple of minutes here. The first word Jesus says is when you pray, pray like this, our father. And I think this, this phrase, Father, reminds us that when we come to the place of prayer as, as his people, as followers of Jesus, we are coming to a place of prayer with someone we have a relationship with. Right? Through Jesus Christ, we have been given the right to be called children of God. And when we come to faith in Jesus, according to Romans chapter 8, his spirit testifies with our spirit that we, in fact, are the children of God. And when that happens, we are allowed to call God Daddy. That's what the scriptures say in Romans chapter 8. It's this word, Abba, and it's literally the intimate word, Daddy. This is not just some far off God who sits on a throne somewhere, whose presence we're not allowed to come into. No, this is our Father. And he welcomes us right into his presence. And so when we pray, pray like this, our Father. 
It has to do with relationship. This ought to build our confidence, right? It ought to build our confidence when we pray. Because we're not just talking to some deity that we hope isn't mad at us today. We're talking to our Father who loves us unconditionally. Who, even when we were still sinners, sent his own son to die for us so that by believing in him, our sins could be forgiven, our lives could be changed, and we could enter into a relationship with him. This is who we're praying to. So we should have confidence when we come that we belong in this conversation. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done for us. We start by saying, our Father because we have a relationship with him. And then Jesus says that this father that we're praying to, he's in heaven. This reminds us that this, this God that we are praying to sits in the place of authority. He is God. Not one among many, not first among equals. He is God, period. There is no other God. There's no one like him. There's no one beside him. There's no one above him. He and he alone is God. The scriptures tell us that the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. In other words, whatever circumstances you're encountering, whatever you're experiencing in your life, whatever you're bringing to God as a care or a concern or a worry or a prayer request, God's got it. As the scriptures tell us, nothing is too difficult for our God. Not a single thing. So whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're, whatever you're coming up against, whether it's in your life or in the lives of those you love or some problem or concern that you see in this world, I just want to remind you, when you come to the place of prayer and you pray like Jesus told us, our Father who is in heaven, remind yourself that he is over everything. He's in the place of authority and sovereignty, and when he says it, it is done. When he says it, it is done. He, he owns everything. And he controls everything. There's nothing beyond his capacity. And that ought to build our faith. That we can come to this God and take whatever we're facing, whatever we're dealing with, no matter how heavy or weighty it seems, we can just give it to him. Because he's big enough to handle it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus says when we begin to pray, not only do we recognize this relationship that we have, not only do we recognize the authority that God has, but we recognize God's worthiness. We recognize God's worthiness. And it's good for us to start our prayers by just coming into his presence and recounting the great things that he has done. And when we do that, our hearts begin to fill with thanksgiving and with praise. We've been working our way through the Psalms this summer, and we've been reminded that there are times when the psalmist, I don't know if you notice this, but there are times when the psalmist seems kind of discouraged. Like, my enemies are all around me. The sky is falling. They've laid traps. My life is horrible. I can't even sleep. 
But always, always, always in the Psalms, there is this moment where the psalmist kind of flips the switch and says, but I remember the great things that you have done. And in that moment, thanksgiving and praise begins to go up to God. And all of the sudden, even though the traps are still laid and the enemies are still gathering and life still seems pretty horrible for the psalmist, all of the sudden, his outlook is different. Has anything changed? No, he has just started looking at God for who God is. And we need to do the same things in our prayer lives. We come to our Father who is in heaven and we begin to hallow and revere his name. We ascribe worth to him with our thanksgiving and our praise for the great things that he has done. And as we do that in our prayers, here's what happens. At some point, we move beyond just thinking about all the good things God does and we start thinking about just how good God is. And when we start thinking about how good God is, all of the sudden we move out of thanksgiving and praise and we enter into worship. It's not about what God has done for me. It's just about the quality of his being. He is holy, 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 merciful and mighty. No spot or blemish in him. King of kings and Lord of lords. Savior of the world. Redeemer. Provider. Protector. Defender. Lion of Judah. Lamb that was slain. The one who is worthy of our worship. The one who today in this very moment is seated on his throne and the four living creatures and angels upon angels upon angels with only one job to do, to just proclaim the worthiness of our God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. When we come to the place of prayer, we start there. Not with our concerns. We don't start with our concerns. If we start with us, we're starting in the wrong place. We come to the place of prayer and we look up. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we focus all of our attention on him. And when we do that, when we do that, We begin to recognize who God is and where God is. And we recognize that God is always, always, always above us. I appreciate the movement in the evangelical church over the last 50 years to tell us that Jesus is our friend. I think he is. But I think in some instances, we have made God so much our friend that we've just made him one of us. And so we have a hard time imagining that one of us would ever tell us to do something that we don't enjoy doing. Or that if we find it to be fun or fulfilling or pleasurable, that of course my friend would want me to have what makes me happy. And I just want to tell you when we come to prayer, prayer is not just about putting our needs before God. Sometimes prayer, and I think actually most of the time, prayer is about changing us. And it begins right here by reminding ourselves that God is always, always, always above us. He is God. 
and whatever he says is truth. And we don't get to change it. Our world right now is changing truth. But as Christians, we look up and we see God always above us and we decide to let God do the job for which he is the only one qualified to actually be God. He's always above us, which means we are always beneath him. Now, for some of us, that's hard for us to hear. hard for us to hear, especially in our culture today. This is not the way our culture teaches. We have elevated humanity. And I want to remind us as we come to the prayer of Jesus, God is always above us and we are always beneath. So when we recognize who God is and that he is above us, that means looking up leads us to a couple of things. First, looking up leads us to confession. Because here's what happens. Once you put God in his rightful place and you put yourself in the rightful place, you realize that the gap is extensive. I love the way the scriptures say it. Even our righteousness is like filthy rags. Right? The book of Romans, which we're going to spend quite a bit of time in this fall, all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. There's always a gap. So what do we do? We come and we confess and we say, we acknowledge the gap. There's a gap here. We see it. We agree with it. We acknowledge it. We're not going to try to excuse it. We're not going to try to push it to the side. We're not going to pretend it doesn't exist. We're looking up. We see who you are in all of your glory and all of your majesty. And we see who we are in our humanity. And we realize the gap and we just confess. And we say, Lord, help us overcome the places where we fall short. And we need more of this in our lives. We need more of this in our lives where we are, we are acknowledging the holiness of God and we are acknowledging the reality of our humanity and we are saying, Lord, please save us. Please save us. And this is important for us to understand because confession requires humility. Confession requires humility and, and we should want to humble ourselves before God. You know why? Because he gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. As long as you keep thinking, I got this. Thanks, Jesus, for saving my soul, but I'll take it from here. Now, I know we don't say it that brashly, but our behaviors sometimes speak louder than our words. And there are lots of times in the church world where we, we come to Jesus to be saved, to be born again, to enter the family of God, and then we kind of take it from there as if we don't need him anymore. I just want to always remind you, you always need God. We keep humbling ourselves because at the end of the day, the only hope for our lives and the only hope for this world is the grace of God, the favor of God. 
We need that. So as God's people, we must confess so that we can receive grace. There's a second thing, though, that looking up leads us to, not just the acknowledgement that we don't line up and that we need God's help, but, but also that he is worthy of our lives, which is about consecration. Right? We look up, we see God for who he is, and that leads us to confession because we realize there's a gap. Lord, help us overcome the places where we fall short. But it also leads us to consecration where we say you are God and because you are God, you are worthy, not just of like a little bit of time in my life on Sunday, but you're actually worthy of my entire life. My thoughts, my words, my deeds, my actions, the, the attitude of my heart, all of it, God, you're worthy of all of it. Romans chapter 12, therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer your entire being as an offering of worship to God, as a living sacrifice. This is worship, Paul says in Romans chapter 12. See, we look up in the prayer of Jesus. We say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. We recognize him as Father. We have a relationship with him. We recognize he's in heaven. He has authority over everything. And we recognize his worthiness, hallowed be your name. And then that drives us to confession and it drives us to consecration. And this is how we start our prayer. Seeing God for who he is and seeing ourselves correctly, and then putting ourselves in the complete and total care of our God. This is how we start prayer. Now, one of the things that's become clear to me is that we don't learn by listening. We learn by doing. So we're actually going to give you some time to practice prayer this morning. I'm going to invite the band to come back because in a moment... They're going to lead us in a song. But before they lead us in that song, we're going to spend some time praying. And I want to just encourage you during this next little bit of time, and we're going to walk through kind of three steps of prayer. And as we walk through these three steps of prayer, I want to encourage you just to take whatever posture of prayer works for you. If you want to just sit right where you're at, that's perfectly fine. If you want to stand, that'd be fine too. If you want to come to this altar, I want to let you know these altars are open and you can come and you can kneel and you can find a place of prayer. If you're an Indiana pacer and you want to walk around this sanctuary during these next few minutes, help yourself. I just want us to take a posture of prayer. And some of you might be in the room, maybe this is your first time in church and you're like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? I want to just encourage you to play along with us. You might have never prayed in your life, but you can pray today with us. We welcome you and invite you to do that. It's just a conversation with God. He's in this room and he's listening to our prayers. So I want to encourage all of us to just take a posture of prayer. I'm going to guide us through three specific things that I want us to pray for. I want us to begin by spending these first couple of moments of this prayer time just simply giving thanks to God that he is your father and you are his child. For some of you, this will be recounting the way God saved your soul, the way that God has welcomed you into his family. But I want you just to take a couple of minutes here and just 
in your personal conversation with the Lord right now, just thank him that he is your father and you are his child. sacrifice, for the way that believing in him changes our lives and it changes our relationship with you, that when we believe in Jesus, we are given the right to be called children of God and you are our father. We thank you for that reality today. Now, church, I want you to take a couple of minutes just to remind yourself that God is over every circumstance and challenge that you are facing. So whatever burdens you're carrying, health concerns, matters in your family, relationships that are broken, financial issues, problems in our nation or our world, wherever you look and you find things that you are concerned about, I want you to just take those things that come to mind and I want you to present them to the Lord and I want you to remind yourself in that moment that God is God in heaven over that circumstance too. And just offer it up to the one who cares for you. Let's spend a moment or two doing that. thank you. Thank you that whatever concerns we're carrying on our shoulders today, thank you that you're above all of them. And thank you that you have been willing to stoop to our level so that we can take everything that's on our shoulders and put it on yours. We do that right now in this place of prayer. Now, church, finally, I want you just to simply spend some time giving worth to God. Thank him for what he has done and worship him for who he is. Just begin to recount the great things that God has done for you, for this church, for our community, for our world, for our nation. Just begin to recount those things and give God praise. Or maybe you just want to think about how holy and worthy and majestic and powerful he is. Think about that and ascribe worth to him. Father, as we launch into this 21 days of prayer, we are looking up. We're seeing you, our Father, the one who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. You are God. 
And we just confess today that we need you. Every hour, we need you. So as we seek you over these next 21 days, would you meet us in the place of prayer? And as you find us there, may you find us as a people that you can pour out your grace upon because we need you. Every hour, we need you. So we lift up this song to you now, proclaiming that reality. God, we need you. Congregation, let's stand and let's sing together.